ladies and gentlemen, it is time. It is time. The time is nigh. You can't see me. My time is now. You can't see me. My time is now. You can't see me. My time is now. Matt Dixon, what is that? Why do I have that in my head? It's some wrestling thing. And whose wrestling thing is that? Uh, I believe it's John Cena. Yeah, and it's like from 15 years ago. Dixon, good morning to you, brother. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Got a lot. Got a lot going on in sports today, and and really all this weekend. Are you pumped for Tony Valls today? What are you more excited for? Let's uh, let's look at what we're doing today. Let's uh, let's rank these, Dixon. Me and you. We're just talking. Just two people. Ignore who's on here. Okay. Ignore that you've got a well decorated. Hey, what about Brian and me? Ignore that you've got a well-decorated Hall of Famer in the room, and John Adams, who just is like spitting, he's uh, blowing the bit here. We got Tony Vitello off the top. We got John Adams with us for a couple hours, presented by Seniors Helping Seniors. Tony Vitello is presenting by presented by Italians Shining Italians, uh, and then we have. Um, Michael Katz from Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal later on in the hour to preview that wretched Ole Miss team. And then Drew Pember today in the second hour, who has blowed up. He's left us, and he's grown a bunch of hair in all sorts of places, and he has blowed up. Matt, today is a great show. Great show today, Matt. Yeah, it should should be great. Really kind of lead right into to the basketball game this afternoon well you got to ruin everything don't you <laughs> john adams <laughs> you seniors helping seniors john are you uh, ready to um i've sat with you during many a press gathering when you've drilled down on some topics are you ready to drill down on voltello because this guy's been getting away with murder around here and it's high time that somebody holds his feet to the fire and that somebody's you uh, first of all, Tony, I don't like people telling me how I should write my column. Nobody does. We're that. not. I know you're on. You're in my. This is my territory, though. We're on this show. This is not a column. Well, I'll tell you another thing. I, what you try to do is set the agenda for everybody. It's your show, and that's how you look at it. We're the we're the little planets that revolve around your son, Brian, and Matt, and I, and you. You say how it's going to be. Right, so your answer is no. And just force force your opinions on everybody Brian, else. Brian, so. are you going to give Tony Valls the what for today, or are you going to excuse what we saw with Boston College here tonight? Well, yeah, that was a bad game, but I don't know that it was. Bad game? They did enough things in that game for 10 games. It was an abomination. I'm still trying to figure out who could have caught that, who was, what was going on on that pop-out, pop-up. My to, uh, gosh. Second base, a and guy, Christian Moore was out there, and why weren't the outfielders running over him? I don't know. He calls a ball that, like, lands 20 feet from the warning track, Matt Dixon. We got issues, Matt. <laughs> it was not in, sh- it was not in sh- like, shallow right center. It was- no! about halfway out there i mean if he if he if he makes that catch it's like willie mays in the polo grounds john and he's calling for the ball he was gonna have to make a running basket catch i mean what are we doing and there are some there are some weird things that happen on the base pass um i admit you know i I didn't know what was going on there neither did tony 
I love Tony Valls, but I can promise you when he comes on here and you guys drill him, because I can't. Brian, are you going to do the heavy lifting today? Because I promised the listeners yesterday that I was going to do the heavy lifting, and I just can't do it. I, I woke up today. I told Laura. Well, uh, she said, Tony, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to let my cast and crew grill him because I can't do it. I love the guy so too much. He's so manipulative. I love the guy so much. It's just, it's just what I said. Brian, are you going to do the heavy lifting? I just had a thought about the base running, and I know what you told me pre-show. but If you say this out loud, so help me God. Go ahead, say it. I want Matt to well, laugh. Matt, just, unmute yourself. They, is it properly? Is it a problem across the board, Matt, in college baseball, or is it something that's not coached as much as it should be, given the fact they don't have enough coaches, Matt? They For, can't spend enough time. Brian, on that. So, so some of those base running years the other day, I, I would expect a, a college player to already know how to do. Thank you. We're not running the third base with nobody out. I mean, I love Tony Valls. He's my guy. First of all, Blake Burke, you're not fast. I love you, and I'm for you. You're a power hitter, and you're a great player, and you're going to play a bunch of Major League Baseball one day. No question. That's a double. Stay on second. Stay on second. You know, if you're in the casino and the machine spits a couple grand at you, you don't pump two more grand in it going for six. You take your $2,000, and you walk over to the cage, and you get your money, and you go eat a nice dinner, and you walk out of there. I mean, Jay's Louise. Tony nobody does Tony, nobody does that in a casino. They, they win like that. They think, man, this is my lucky day. So now I'm no. playing with house money. I'm going to win even more. I'm calling, on, I'm calling on you guys to ask Tony the tough questions. He joins us right after this. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. 
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. Coming to Star Theater in Pulaski, the play that goes wrong, March 3rd, 4th, 5th, 10th, and 11th. When a ragtag theater troupe attempts to present your basic murder mystery, everything falls apart and quickly descends into a rollicking comedy so bad, it's good. Showtimes are 7 p.m. March 3rd, 4th, 10th, and 11th, with a 2 p.m. matinee March 5th. For tickets, visit startheater.org. Don't miss the play that goes wrong, March 3rd through 11th, at Star Theater, east side of the square, downtown Pulaski. 
This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Our uh, next guest grew up playing the beautiful game. Taylor Twelman's one of his boys. Great Tony Valls now joining us. Tony Vitello, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well. How are you? Man, welcome in. That was a hell of a baseball game uh, the other night you guys were involved in. And my, my, my cast and crew wants to ask you some questions uh, sure. about it. Uh, they're going to ask the tough questions because I'm afraid to. But, Tony, i, I got to tell you, um, I mean, that's the type of shot you guys are going to get from everybody, isn't it, the way Boston College? It was like the seventh game of the World Series to them. Yeah, it, it was, and, and that's the way it's going to work now, and that's a good thing. Um, you know, you and I talked, uh, you know, there's a, or, or you just briefly mentioned, there's a lot of things to discuss from that game. We're talking about a Tuesday game in almost February. I realize we're in March um, against a non-conference opponent, and it's a big topic of conversation. That's a great thing, and it's a great thing uh, that people are going to bring their best to us because in the SEC, it doesn't matter what school we're playing. Everyone's going to do that. Um, so, so it'll help you. And uh, there's there's a lot of positive from all that. At the same time, you want to win games. And uh, I tried to put it out there to the team a little extra and to the media a little bit extra that this this was going to be a team that's our no doubt regional team. I think they could be a super regional team with what they have on the mound in addition to what we saw them do position player wise against us. Yep. And it was a hell of a game. It was it was basically. Uh, another version of the Grand Canyon game. Fortunately, we got this one at home, yep. and I honestly think that should have been the difference for us, um, and unfortunately it wasn't. They're excellent, and and they stretched you guys and exposed you. And the thing I was impressed with, they, they, they sent, just to show you how seriously they took it, talking to some people, they sent a scout down or somebody advance-wise that came down and scouted and sat in the stands and got uh, a lot of your uh positioning the players and the balls that were hit hard late they were in the right spots uh you know it was well played by them well done no it, it was and and to be fair and i'm not being judgmental at all because i i got to know coach gambino on this whole thing there was a couple of occasions where we're in the dugout saying nope. you know um maybe they should do this or shouldn't do this and it, it kind of it went their way even though you know Maybe you could argue that it, there would have been a different way to play it. So uh, strategy helps. Uh, there's no question it's a part of it, especially when it's a tighter game. Uh, but sometimes in the game of baseball, um, there's crazy things that go on, and, and you need the ones <laughs> you need the ones that might end the game to go in your favor. We didn't have that the other night. I want to go around the horn because these guys got some tough questions they want to ask. John Adams is in here with your Knoxville News Sentinel. Uh, TGMD, the great Matt Dixon, uh, start us off here, brother. The first hardball, Tony Balls. Yeah, well, you know, had had the winning run at third base with nobody out in the in the bottom of the ninth and can't score. What what all happened on that? I guess the double play there to end it was that a just a miscommunication, not a good read off the bat on on the the, the Dickey lineout, which was hit right right at the the, the outfielder in, in in that gap, which. Was unfortunate, but yeah. It, but what what happened on the at, with the the base running on that one? Sure, it's insane if you think about it. When you only have two outfielders, if you look at all the real, I don't know what the yardage is in the outfield, but all the real estate in the outfield, and a guy squares up a baseball. I don't know what the exit below was, but it was well above ninety miles an hour, and it goes right to where the guy's standing. 
Um, you know, in that case, probably what happens in the stands, or if any of you guys are watching, you're saying hit a sack fly for him or Zane Denton. And this is something that people can agree or disagree with me because there's college baseball coaches, too, that say hit a sack fly. I don't think these guys are old enough or have enough at-bats underneath their, their belt, even a kid as talented as Blake Burke, to manipulate the baseball and hit good stuff from a pitcher exactly where they want it. So we're just looking for a good swing. Mm-hmm. We're not necessarily looking for ground ball, fly ball, line drive, whatever. And that part was executed. The part that you know you're, you're centering your question more around is we pinch run for Blake Burke, uh, who's a good base runner. He's just slow. Um, and the steps towards home were just too aggressive. Now what you're doing on that play is if Jared hits a ground ball, you're going to go home no matter what and pressure the defense. And if they panic, which college kids can do, you're safe and you win the game. If they make the routine play or the play could be a challenging one, then it's going to take some time and Dickey is going to be able to advance the second. Because uh, if it's not close, we'll just get hung up in a rundown. So now you still have a runner in scoring position with two outs. You're going to need a base hit anyway for most cases. Um, so, so that's what the initial footwork is supposed to be. Just got a little too aggressive and a little too far down the line. So then it turned into kind of a panic scramble to get back on the line drive, tag up, and then go home. With one out, you almost always have to tag up on a fly ball towards the outfield unless it's insanely shallow. You need to make the team play catch, and they're a really good team, and they almost didn't play catch. I think if our guy has his feet under him a little bit better um, and not scrambling so much, then, then he even scores on that shallow line drive. Tony, Hopefully does that make sense? In that spot, should Payne have been already on third base waiting to tag, or is that uh... no, no, um, no? No, I, I think um, you know you got to have your lead off, and you got to be on your front foot ready to score on a ball in the dirt. Anyone would take that. That's not as sexy of a win, but anyone will take that. Uh, and then again, if it's a chopper or a swinging bunt, everybody in the stands and me too are going to have their arms up. What the heck? We could have scored on that. Right. It wasn't a great swing, you, you know. So it was the perfect storm. It, it really was. And um, you know, now how we got to there and uh, and and not executing that as well as we could have yeah. is pretty frustrating. Um, but it's it's a play we'll talk about in practice again today, even though we talked about it yesterday. needs to be executed a little bit better. It was kind of the perfect storm. And um, trust me, that's that's not a cop-out or whatever the right phrase is to use of, oh, man, we got unlucky. I believe as much as anybody that's listening on the air, you make your own luck. And, um, you know, they did some things wrong, too. The reason why we had a guy on third base is their corner guy did not keep the ball in front. That's yeah. what you got to do to be a good corner guy is just knock it down. It's it's one thing to give up a base, but to give up two or three bases because you're a first or third base. So, you know, both teams made mistakes. Um, we just didn't do enough to win. Yeah, and, and you guys had enough base running errors, and you'd admit this, for basically a full season the other night, which is why it was such a frustrating loss. I, I want to go to the uh, Cal Stark, is bunting. He does an incredibly great job of executing that bunt. He puts it right where you want to put it. And, yeah. and yet Merritt for some reason, is just standing there. And on television, 
our view of it, Tone, was that we didn't get the look, so you assumed that he scored the run. Me and John Adams were talking last night about it, and you just assumed, well, the run's across there because you used to watching baseball, and, boy, that was perfectly executed. What happened there? Was that a cross signal? Did Merritt miss something? Did Stark fool no, him I mean, on the bunt? He, he knew what play was on. That's a safety squeeze to where if they do throw the guy out at the plate, again, there's two outs, and now we got a guy at second because it was first and third. So, again, you want a guy in scoring position uh, where a knock scores him, and you could argue between second and third, not a lot of difference. Again, you got that ball in the dirt or, or to the backstop that could change it, but not a ton of difference. So it's a safety squeeze. And here's my theory that I'll share because you got an older kid. He was player of the year in his conference last mm-hmm. year and Merritt played in Cincinnati. My theory that I've not discussed with him, I'm just sharing with you, is he let that play before where he didn't have a good read affect his mindset. Um, you make one mistake as a kid, and, man, it's so good for us to be in these games. We've now had one at neutral site, which was a good environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got – uh, Soto is there, MLB Network's there mm-hmm. when we play Arizona. And then you got Grand Canyon where it's just madness. And then a pretty good environment here the other night, too, at home. So we've got neutral away and home. Tension is high. The kids want to get it done more than the fans even do, believe it or not. And so if you make a mistake, sometimes it can be really hard to get over that mistake. So I'll pose the theory, we don't know that Dryling's line drive is going to get down because he absolutely smoked the thing. I mean, it's not like a buckshot off the bat. The kid can really hit. And so does that mistake lead to another because now you're tentative and you don't want to cost the team a mistake? You personally don't want to be responsible for making a mistake. Um, so, and again, I don't, if he goes, I mean, he's not the fastest guy in the world. The reason we didn't pinch run for him was it was a tie game. Right. And he's one of our better hitters. And he's, he's, again, he's not fleet of foot, but he's reliable in the outfield, which at that point, if you're tied and you're at home, what you don't want to do is make a mistake on defense to lose the game. Um, so maybe, maybe a fault, uh, here in the office, I pinch run for him. Maybe a faster guy gets excited about using his speed and scores, but the pitcher was on that bunt pretty quick, even though it was well placed. And I don't know, maybe he gets Griffin at home, even if he goes. Come on, Tony, he had no chance. Well, it would, it would require, require, required a good read and i can share with you our overhead cam view yeah um where you kind of press pause as the pitcher's fielding it where you think the runner could have been or where the runner is at contact and uh as well as cal did because that was a slider that backed up Mm -hmm. and it was in on him Mm -hmm. so you you hit the nail on the head incredible bunt but i'm telling you that i'll send it to you that pitcher was on that thing in a hurry so there would have been a competitive play at home, but our, uh, make no bones about it, we should score on a bunt that's executed that well, and I was at least pleased that on half of the end we, we did well. How much of, of this, too, like it became a feeding frenzy of mistakes, right? Like the ball that falls in the outfield, and baseball's like that, by the way. Baseball's a sport where uh, Kyle Booker, you can go out over the weekend and have an incredible day and then almost have a golden sombrero two days later. Uh, against Boston College. Man, that's the game. So how much of the fielding and the running and all that stuff just kind of ties together? Because Merritt was also involved in that play with the ball that fell. That I mean, and I know you're going to tell me, that ball can't fall. So just a matter of cleaning up the outfield play as well because they got to call off the second baseman there, right? 
Yeah, no, no shot that ball should fall, and, and a lot of that is knowing the wind. Um, and so that's where my frustration comes in from the media. And again, I, I'll, I'll ultimately, if the, I don't even have to step out and take blame. If you're going to keep going up the tree, yeah. um, you, you know, anything, whether it's communication or execution, has got to come with the coaching staff and ultimately me. Yep. Um, but when you talk about the wind before BP and then during BP and then before the game, and then shortly thereafter, it's not taken into account. It's pretty frustrating. And uh, trust me, it's not a situation where the kids don't care. You got a guy who tra- left the school where he cried about it uh, because he had so much history in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And you got another kid that's been in the program for four years mm-hmm. and has just been a warrior. And then Simo, it's not his ball, but he's out there. Mm-hmm. And that that guy is the next Andre Lipsius out of this program. He's a warrior. So it's the one-two is there. It's just not being executed as well enough in that particular situation. Good, Matt. Well, Lipchis well, is doing pretty well in spring training right now with the Tigers. Um, you know, we've talked about all the negatives. I do want to compliment one thing: the 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 double steal with with Denton showing Bunt to kind of get BC out of position. I thought that was a, a really nice move. I, that was a really good play. I, I like that, but. Post game, you were you know really frustrated, obviously in the moment, but it felt like you kind of challenged your team's competitiveness and fight. And I just wonder if you if you want to expand on that. Is that a, not necessarily a problem, but is that something that you, you you're hoping is improve, improves as the season goes along? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to hope for that to improve every team that plays. Um, now, I don't think it's a particular situation here. Um, my preference in all honesty, and I say it to the guys, but I also say in, what I say to them is don't watch that stuff. And, and, and maybe sometimes I'm just in a hurry to get to practice and I'm at a podium and maybe I, you know, I try and be honest with you all, but the point is they don't need to watch that stuff. We, we go over enough stuff in practice and they know where we're coming from as a coaching staff without having to go down side avenues uh, to get to them. And then the one thing is, and I don't know if it'll get me in trouble or it'll make me lose my job one day or whatever, I'm going to be about as honest as I can be with you guys and with our team. And so beforehand, I'm not I'm not BSing everybody. Boston College might be the best team we've played, so I said that beforehand. And then afterwards, I'm just trying to give honest answers and a natural reaction, and I'm pissed. Um, I don't like losing. Uh, I don't like losing when there's a game. Uh, I always say the players decide the game, but that's the type of game where coaches can have some influence mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, many other emotions, and it's it's right after the game. So um, I know some people think I'm crazy and, and don't know how to have composure and stuff like that, but I, I haven't done anything, you know, other than maybe um, somebody taking a charge. Uh, I haven't done anything that hasn't been calculated or well thought out. And so, you know, with some emotion but trying to keep composure, I was just being honest. And uh, they had a little more grit than we did the other night. I don't like that. That's the only thing I had going for me. And uh, I wasn't worth the crap as a player, but I got to play on some pretty good fields against good teams at a high level. And it was, you know, having a little grit uh, or, or whatever you want to, you know, call it. Now, having said that, this – this team, that's not that's not an issue. One-two is, is not an issue. I think some experience 
in executing their passion the right way and guys learning some roles. We're still early in the year mm-hmm. where you got some freshmen who are superstars on their high school team are like, what is this? Do I clap if we do something good? Or um, th- There's some things to learn. And, and, and it could be a really fun journey uh, in these final few games before non-conference, and we could look back on it and say, man, this is a pretty good chunk of games. You know, No one's joking about us beating Iona by 40 runs with this pre-conference schedule. The one thing that kind of messes with it is how highly thought of we were on paper for whatever reason. Uh, Maui's a big name or, uh, you know, I don't know. But again, I try to be honest with you guys. I'm not trying to give a sales pitch. There's no team that's ever been ranked number two or five or whatever when they have to replace every single starter. And uh, I ain't looking for sympathy. If people think we should can win the conference, then we need to go win the conference. Um, you know, so on and so forth. But um, that that kind of skews the storyline a little bit uh, as you prepare for conference play. John Adams. Tony, um, this season is just getting started, and I've watched just about every game. And I find myself, when I watch this team, it's as though I'm still watching it through a 57-9 and nine lens mm. of last season. And the expectations, I, I don't, I'm not thinking about it consciously, but when something doesn't go Tennessee's way, there's not an explosive inning. There's a miscue like on the pop-up or the team uh, doesn't respond in its final at bat. Uh, I'm like, what, what's going on here? And, and the reaction of other teams when they beat Tennessee, I know it's early in the year, but the reaction is, hey, we just advanced to a super regional. And it's though these teams are playing that 57-9 and nine team. And they're not, but it's so, that's their mindset. And I just wonder how aware your team is that opponents and people look at them that way. I think fairly, first of all, I appreciate you watching every game. I think fairly aware it's been pointed out by us. I don't know what all's out there you know, on the Internet, but those kids are going to be active on their phones and Mm -hmm. on their laptops and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's fine. We don't have control over that. I mentioned it on air the other day with someone that it's kind of flip-flop. Our first year here, we had teams showing up here that, listen, everybody can beat everybody in college baseball, but teams that don't even have a football program or it's not a Division One football team, and I think you know what I mean. It's not a big-name school. And they were salivating, salivating. This is an SEC wounded deer, can't wait to be here. Now it's the same thing as that first year and a half here, um, but it's got the vibe to it that you're talking about. Either instance or even in between, we don't have control over what those people are doing. So for the coaching staff or our players to waste too much energy on that is a mistake. And, yeah, you're damn right, people think. They're beating Drew Gilbert, or they're stopping Drew from flipping his bat yep. uh, when they beat our team. And <laughs> that's fine. Um, maybe it kind of affects non-conference. Hey, in conference, you could be in the ACC. You could be in the PAC. You could be in any conference in the country. It's conference play. There's a heightened sense of competitiveness. There's rivalries. Everyone's going to want to beat your ass. Tony Vitello. Uh, we want to yeah. 
Yeah, we want to do the same. Well, Tony's yeah, Tony's appearing on the TLD Logistics Hotline, tldlogistics.com. I didn't mean to talk over your tone. That's my Italianness. I got a couple things I want to drill down on here because I know your time's tight and, and you're on a, on a sure. schedule here, so we can't have our normal hour conversation. But that, yeah, that said, because I really wanted to get into UFC about you. Matt said the over under was two UFC questions. I told Matt we'd stay to baseball today. Cam Sewell, do we see him this weekend? Yes, no. Yeah, we can't put him off anymore. And, okay. And, um, again, just, just trying to – I've spoke with baseball people, and they've asked me the same thing, and mm-hmm. um, trying to play the long game. You, you're going to make your money yep. um, in conference play, no matter what you do in non-conference. Now, that doesn't yep. mean these games are not important. You want to host a regional, you better not lose too many of those Tuesday games like we did. Hey. Um, but you're not even in a, in a, in a regional conversation appearance-wise if you don't stand afloat in conference play. So that's where Sewell will be ready to rock and roll. In order to do that, it makes sense to use him this weekend or next Tuesday so he's ready. Tony, do outfield tryouts go on into the Missouri series, in your opinion? Yeah, I I do think finding that right combination um, and and then also using the right matchup is is wise to do. Um, I've I've fallen victim, and I don't ever want to do it again, of looking at matchups too closely mm-hmm. or uh, split stats too much. Mm-hmm. It is college. There's a lot of erratic things that could go on. It's not as easy to do a shift and know exactly where David Ortiz is going to hit the ball because of this huge sample size. Um, th- there's some guys that I think are, are best suited for certain pitchers or situations. So we'll go with matchups, and we'll also kind of see where guys are most comfortable. Tony- and um, Go ahead. How are you going to keep drilling off the field, Tony? How are you going to do not that? Not anymore. No? Uh, not anymore. And uh, much much respect to the kid, uh, you know, for just working every day. I've had certainly the office doors open. There's been plenty of guys that come in. Mm-hmm. And normally it doesn't go so well for kids, you know, that are listening. Kind of the best thing to do is just keep working, and the coaches will notice, and you'll get your chance. A lot of times when guys question coaches or say this or that, and they get their opportunity more times than not, it doesn't go well. But he's just kind of shut up his, uh, kept his mouth shut, been working hard, and we know how talented he is. Um, I, I think he needs to improve defensively to be in the same conversation as some of the other guys. Mm. Uh, but but remove or save Blake Burke from the conversation. He might be the best hitter out of all of them. It's unbelievable. I mean, the way he, and he's so naturally gifted. His swing's scary. About Burke, you mentioned earlier, and. Folks that were there tell me that Elander's throwing up the stop sign on him. You want to stay at second, obviously, with no outs. Right, right. He stretches that. You guys don't embarrass people on the field. You never have. He doesn't do it. You don't do it. Do, do you implore to him, hey, we can't do that next time we're in that spot? Like, how do you handle that, Tony? As far as the the, the Taking an extra base, think, yeah, with nobody yeah, out. I don't, uh-huh. think, I don't think he ever saw Josh. And so that's one where... You know, the ball's deep enough into the corner. He needs to pick. We work on look, touch, look. Look before you get to second, touch mm-hmm. second, then look it again. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a kid who plays a game like a little leaguer, wants to win. And, you know, one of the reasons he's a good hitter is the sweet swing. But another one is he thinks he's the best hitter in the country. Yeah. And so sometimes your greatest strength can hurt you a little bit, too. And he thinks he can get to third base instead of knowing, hey, I'm probably the slowest guy out of the starting nine. Let's just stay here, and we can bunt over, or Booker can hopefully you know, hit a ground ball to second, and now I'm at third base with one out, and we can score me. But 
in the heat of that moment when the crowd's going nuts and you want to win the game and it's a tie game, he probably thinks, hey, nothing to lose. Um, you know, he makes a mistake, but he needs to look at the coach. And then even if the coach didn't exist, you know, it's, little league rules apply here too. First and third out at third base ain't good. Hey, Tone, on the way out, anything else you'd care to add? And thank you for your time. Before your final non-league series, as Tony appears on the TLD Logistics hotline, online, tldlogistics.com. Go ahead, T. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not necessarily talking to the team via media, just trying to share thoughts. I think our fans are so intimate with our players and our coaching staff, and I appreciate that. Um, And then on top of that, you guys got a job to do, so um, maybe every now and then I'll try and sneak something in just to give you something to write about, but just trying to be truthful. But if I was talking to our team, I'm not going to say this to them out loud. They need to know it. Um, You better answer on Friday. And uh, John kind of noticed Hey, when things don't go well, how does our team respond? If you actually look at how we've responded from losses or innings where we give up a run and you break it down scientifically, this team has showed they have that little knee-jerk reaction in them uh, where they'll answer the bell a little bit like last year's team. It's just not as explosive. And we don't have as many reps or stories to tell yet either. So um, Friday's another opportunity to do that, and, and that needs to be a theme. And I'm not saying we got to win by 10. And, hell, it's a Friday night in college baseball. May not even win, but the pregame and the game needs to have that feel of uh, there's a little bit of carryover from Tuesday. Tony, thanks, man. Good luck this weekend, buddy. Thanks for your time. Yeah, you bet. You guys take care. All right, man. Tony Vaz, one more time. Dixon, you cover the team every day. Your thoughts on uh, what he said, if anything's a good takeaway? Uh, well, well, the Camden Soul's coming back. My- Probably this weekend, which Pretty is huge. noteworthy. Yep. Um, sounds sounds like Dylan Dryling's going to going to be in your starting lineup going forward at yes. least probably two out of every three games each weekend. Yes. So then got to fi- got to figure out where he fits in in the outfield. But. Who does that hurt, Matt? When he says that, and and look, this is all about math here. Can't play everybody. Uh, I I would say Christian Scott and maybe maybe Kyle Booker some. Because Merritt's going to be one of your outfielders. Dickey's going to be in your lineup, whether yep. that's in the outfield or at DH. Yep. And same with so. Dryling. Dryling might DH or be in your outfield. Yeah. So one yeah. of those yeah. guys. So that leaves one slot, basically. What do you think, John? It's interesting. And I'll tell you, he was pretty honest. He doesn't like a lot of coaches. He wasn't getting offended by the questions. He was like, oh, I get why you guys are asking me this, because it was kind of ugly the other night. No, he's also very candid in, yeah. in speaking about players. Uh, a lot of coaches won't do that. Right. He's not. He's not overly critical. No. I don't mean that. But he. Ju- but the comments he made about Dryling were significant. We we've all watched him. Yep. Sometimes you can see a guy swing and think, man, he looks like he could be pretty good. He definitely. And he's one of those guys. Yep. And Tony Tony has made that very clear that he thinks he's one of those guys. He could be one of the best hitters on the team. And so to me. If he struggled a little bit defensively still, he's my DH. That that's where I would play him at DH because I still I feel like Jared Dickey with his experience is a better outfielder. And you gotta get and then you've got Merritt out there. Um Merritt's a really important cog to this. He can play. All those I mean, all those left handed hitters, Tennessee's gotta see a lot of left handed pitchers in late innings. Yep. You know that, yep. and uh, I think what merit his ability to hit and hit with power, uh, 
you know, I, I still think, I mean, the ceiling for this team is really high. I, I don't, I don't question that. But unlike last season, it was like last season, everything came together right away. And you saw in the first few weeks, you saw what this team would be like for the whole season. Yeah, um, we're about to um, get into the Ole Miss-Tennessee preview with Michael Cash from the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. So, well, um, yeah, I, we're gonna, I think I Tennessee think should win by back, at least 10. Go ahead, Matt. Look, looking back to last year and, and some of these kind of gritty games here early, you know, I, I bet Vitello wishes they had had a, a Boston College-type game last year where they kind of had to learn some things about winning a game late because they just blew everybody out last year, especially in the non-conference with, you know, the, the Rhode Islands and Ionis. I like it so, stretch, Matt. Matt, I'm four, and let's let's end the baseball there. We'll come back on that. But I'm, I'm four getting stretched. I, I said before the season, I want to see this team's nose get bloodied, lose some games, not be number one wire to wire, have to earn it. And, and the baseball team, it's going to be a long journey. This thing's a five-month season. And one thing we saw last year is it's, it's not how you start. It's not the middle. It's how you finish. This team's got a chance to have a great finish. Kind of like Michael Katz last year saw down at Mississippi. I mean, when Tennessee walked out of there and swept them last year, they looked dead in the water. And, it's, it's, and nobody remembers that. It's how that story ended for that old Miss bunch. And ironically enough, Michael Katz now joins us, Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. They, Ole Miss, are uh, with an interim coach. Uh, there is all kinds of rampant speculation running loose that they're about to get the number one free agent out there in, uh, in college coaching. Um, Texas's loss, just like Texas' loss was Tennessee's gain several years ago. It could be Ole Miss's gain. But in the meantime, they've got basketball games to play, including the Vols this afternoon. And, Michael, thank you for joining us. And how about that dub last night by that gutty, gritty Ole Miss team who right now is playing on house money? Yeah, I mean, if, if, if there's one thing that I think we've seen from from this team uh, through all the ups and downs, and there have been a, a, a number of downs this season, yep. uh, they play really hard. And, you know, the offense is, is really – that really tends to come and go, and they will have these stretches where they just for three or four minutes cannot make a shot. But And it sounds weird to say if you take out those three or four minutes, but uh, if you look at the totality of, of most of their games, they're, they're usually pretty close for a while, and then, and then something happens. And, and last night they made the something happen. Amari um, Abram got hot, and, and they've got these – they have a lot of talented pieces, uh, particularly a guard with – with Abram and Caldwell and Matt Morrell, who who is our leading scorer but, but did not have a very good game yesterday. Um, you know, when, when those guys kind of shine through and, and their shots fall, they're, they're a tough out. And, uh, you know, they're, they're scrappy. They have been all year. And, and like you said, playing with house money, I think that this team uh, uh, is, is, is a lot more confident in self than, than outsiders might be. Well, the two kids that were up there with the SEC Network guys last night both made it a point to say, hey, we played Tennessee very close back on the 28th of December, and so we're not going to be afraid of them. I mean, we're, we're you know, I, I know they're going to be a heavy favorite against us, um, but they both made it a point to say, hey, we're going to play loose and we're, we're going to play well tomorrow. So my question is, do they have enough in the tank to, to come back after less than 24 hours and get it back up again and, and, 
and face this Tennessee team that just vice grips people. Yeah, and, and I think that's 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 the question. With with I imagine last night being pretty emotional, uh, with everything that's been going on uh, the last few weeks. Uh, you, you would have to think that probably took a little bit out of them, but uh, if if you're looking at uh, you know matchup wise, yep. you know Tennessee's defense is it, it, it strangles everybody, but you know uh, uh, Ole Miss Ole Miss's uh, offense kind of tends to strangle itself from time to time. Yep. So uh, you know I don't know if that's necessarily going to be a, a ton different than than than, than what we've seen. I, I think that if there's something going in Ole Miss's favor. Uh, it's that Tennessee's offense tends to come and go too, and, and that they're a little bit beat up. And so, um, you know, it, 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 so much depends on if those shots start falling early for Ole Miss. But um, you know, it's they they are used to playing in games where defenses uh, when when their offense isn't working. So I don't know if that's necessarily going to be that different for them, for better or worse. Uh, I think it's really going to be what what is what is Tennessee able to do offensively, and is Ole Miss able uh, to do what it wants to do defensively to slow them down? Michael Katz joining Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, Tennessee Ole Miss today. He's on the TLD Logistics Hotline online tldlogistics dot com. Today we have Garza Law Tennessee basketball overtime as soon as that game goes final. Matt Dixon, jump in here. Yeah, since going. With the interim coach, um, you know, the players mentioned that they kind of play a little bit freer and looser. Are they doing anything schematically that's different um, since going to the interim coach? Or are they just kind of still playing basically the same the same type of, of, of game? I think it's, it's, it's similar in terms of, I guess, an X's and O's thing. But you can just sort of get the sense that they're, they're playing a little bit freer and mm. that there's not this sort of, uh, you know, pressure of, of everything that, you know, we kind of all expected for a few months that was going to happen. Uh, you know, it, it, and I will never forget, like, that first game against LSU after after Kermit was let go, and he obviously that's an LSU team that has had its struggles as well, but, uh, you know, they had, like, their best offense performance of the year, and, and they, were, they were taking fast breaks, and, and they... They were dunking and not going weak with layups, and they were shooting threes that weren't always falling. But you know, they were—they just looked like they were uh, that there was less pressure on them. And I think, like like you said at the beginning, like when you're playing with house money, uh, there really is no pressure on Ole Miss right now. They can just do what they want to do, and and, and however it goes, it goes. But uh, I, I I do think that this team has looked a lot uh, freer in, in in the last few games. Brian Hartman. Well, uh, well, uh, we see a lot of that junk uh, zone that Kermit Davis likes to run the one-three-one stuff, and also when uh, Ole Miss is one of three teams to beat Florida Atlantic this year, did you think that Ole Miss would go on this type of a uh, free fall after that? And did you think that Florida Atlantic would only lose two more games? Uh, to, to start with your first part, uh, yeah, I, I would have to imagine that that zone is, is going to be a big part. It was it was part of it last night. It's I, I think um, I imagine that changing defenses drastically this late in the season is probably really really hard. So I, you know, it, it's what they do. I imagine that we're going to see that again today. Uh, in terms of FAU, it, it is wild because. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of names brought up for, for, for the Ole Miss job. And one of them, you know, was Dusty May, who 
uh, as FAU's coach, and, and when that game happened several months ago, uh, I didn't really think anything of FAU, and then I looked back recently uh, and saw that they've only lost two other times. It, it's pretty remarkable um, uh, what, what May has done there. Um, it, 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 is, it is kind of funny um, to, to, to look how the season, uh, you know, what we see in November and December, uh, things change awfully quickly. And, and uh, you know, what a team looks like in March uh, is usually not what it looks like the, at, at the front end of a slate. Hey, Michael, you're buying or selling the beard conversation. That that thing's almost a foregone conclusion that he's the next coach. You buying or selling it? I'm 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 buying that it's a very real possibility. I'll say that. I, I think that there's uh, with, with things like this when there's when there's that much noise from uh, in, you know national media and and, and rumblings and, and whatnot. I think there's there's always a little bit of truth to it, regardless of how it ends. If I were them, I would have gone after Rick Pitino. He's done an yeah, incredible job at Iona, brought him back to the league, and he, uh, you know, and he plays kind of a more exciting brand of basketball. He's yeah, a no, high-character guy, too. He's a high-character guy, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, uh, that, is, that, that is another conversation altogether in terms of character, but, uh, you know, uh, Patino was on my list, and I, yep. I sort of put it on as a joke, but uh, he's won everywhere he's been. I'm not joking. He's like a Larry Brown type. I also, know he's, uh, I know he's kind the, of scummy. Uh, the UAB coach. You should, I think they shouldn't they have talked to the UAB coach. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know why? Why not play the hits? Play it back. <laughs> play. <laughs> hey, uh, the the great thing about Beard is he took the UNLV job and then two weeks later went to Texas Tech. So it isn't like if I'm getting him, I'm locking him into a long term deal. I'm mm. putting the. Um, let's put it this way. I'm using the language in my deal that Tiger Woods used with his latest girlfriend. I'll tie him um, up. Do you think that since they got the new arena, there's a little bit more pressure and more, I don't want to say pressure, but there's more pressure. urgency for Ole Miss to, to put a good product on the field now that they've spent a lot of money on their new facility they pressure. play in? Yeah, it's a good term. Yeah, I mean, the, the pavilion is it is really a fantastic um, uh, arena and yep. setup, and it, 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 it is among the better ones in the SEC. And, uh, but I think, too, like when you look at, uh, you know, Ole Miss has Lane Kiffin, who whatever you think of him, he's a yep. really big name, and uh, yep. he's a guy making a lot of money. And his, his program was not in a very good place once he got here, and it's in a lot better place. You have baseball that just won the national championship, uh, you know, with a coach that uh, partway through last season everybody thought was out. Yep. And that, that thing turned around in a way I don't think I've ever or will ever see again. And so I think when, when the other sports are, are doing uh, – are in a, are a really good place and, you know, Ole Miss athletic director is a basketball guy. He played basketball at Ole Miss, Keith Carter. Mm -hmm. I know basketball is very, very close to him. And so mm -hmm. – um, I imagine he really wants to get this one right on on a lot of levels, not just from the uh, you know the, all the all the, the boosters in the pavilion and, and all that stuff, but I think there's a part of him that probably really wants to see basketball succeed again. Hey, Michael, if folks want to interact with you today, read your work. How do they do so? And I appreciate your time, my brother. Absolutely. Uh, you can go find me uh, at djournal.com if you are brave enough to see the bad tweets. Uh, you can find me at at Michael L. Katz. You're the man. Enjoy the ball game today. And, uh, boy, when Beard jumps into the league next year, that'll be one guy with less fast break points than Rick Barnes, who's, who recorded 74 in 18 games. Well, Ole Miss is used to that. So. Well, there you go.
Thank you, my friend. Good talking to you. All right. All right. Talk to you guys later. <laughs> I love these. I love these coaches. I mean, there's Jerry. Jerry Meyer has the term joystick coaching for these guys. It's like, okay, you're out on a fast break. You grab your joystick and you go, pull it way back. Set up that offense. Set up that offense. You know, uh, a lot of times though in tournament play, yeah, easy points don't come very often. They don't come as much. You know, a lot of times because. In- in any play for us, they don't come. So we fit. We, why don't we? Why aren't we better in tournament play then? Actually, we are good. In it's tournament almost play. like Barnes thinks it's illegal to score if the if the other team isn't set defensively. It's like I don't, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, people. You're going to make Nashville Lee mad. Nashville Lee's going to get mad at you. We don't want to make Nashville Lee mad as we continue. Drew Pember. Coming up in hour two, squeeze a couple calls in at the top. It's hour two after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? Experienced goldsmiths? Or true custom designers? Experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tillis Jewelry. Wear this and so much more. Check us out at TillisJewelry.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tillis Jewelry, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 41 dollar bill to one better one dollar bill to one better than one dollar bill come to the 2023 mule day auctioneer championship hosted by the columbia breakfast rotary club benefiting their college scholarship fund outstanding auctioneers from across the country will be competing to be named the 2023 mule day auctioneer champion the event will be held at the tennessee livestock sale barn at 1231 industrial park road columbia tennessee starting at 11 a.m hope to see you there 31 dollar bill to one better one dollar bill Columbia's own 7th Annual Mid-State Classic Collegiate Softball Tournament returns March 15th at the Ridley Sports Complex. Come see the Lady Volunteers face off against Austin P. starting at 5.30 p.m. Opening game, Columbia State versus Motlow College at 1 p.m. Food trucks on site and parking is free. Tickets are $10 and sold exclusively online at columbiatn.com slash midstateclassic. Or check out the City of Columbia Parks and Recreation today. The Mid-State Classic, March 15th. See you at the game. Are you betting on the SEC tournament in Nashville? Today at Action 24-7, use code MARCH to get a 300% deposit match up to $20 on your first deposit. Action 24-7 is Tennessee's only locally owned and operated sportsbook. Download the app or visit action247.com to start winning. Please bet responsibly. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. So we covered a lot of ground we covered a lot of ground in uh, hour one. Hour two, Drew Pember is going to join us. Matt, who I know for a lot of all fans, he come off the radar. Um, he has blown up, blown up into a full-fledged basketball star since he left here, Matt. A star. Yeah, I was conference player of the year and, you know, two-time defensive player of the year and, just dropped 30. I, what, he had a 47-point game at one point in the year. A 47-burger. I mean, he, you know, gets, you know, I think he went for like 30 and 10 yep. in a few a few of their their big games. So he, he, he's one of these guys who could become kind of a star that first weekend if, if they get the right draw. They'll pro- I mean, they'll probably be, I mean, at, at best, a 14 seed, but. And you know what? If he would, yeah, if he the way the teams yeah. are this year at the top, you know they'll have a they'll have a chance. It's funny when you let a kid just kind of be themselves and grown his beard out, and he's just enjoying himself. And I can't wait to visit with him because it's a great story. When he was here, Tony, I remember his first year here, yep. seeing him and thinking, you know, this guy might have some skills. Remember and, you and I, I talked about it. Yep. I thought he would be maybe somebody that you know that would develop and then eventually. Uh, we saw that kind of happen with John Fulkerson, and I thought maybe this could be uh, the same kind of story. But then he just kind of he disappeared, really. 
Back to the phones we go. Barnes has a like a Bermuda Triangle, and once you go in it, it's hard to get out of it. Hello and welcome into our next call. As we'll get a couple in before we're joined uh, by Drew Pember on the program. Hi. Yeah, this is the Little League coach. You, you, right on. Go for it. Uh, I got a favor to ask of you, Tony. Hi. Uh, I, got a, I got a Little League team, and I wonder if you could get us into the uh, one of the Vols baseball games. I know I could get you for sure uh, if you guys want to go over there and see them practice. I think I could probably interface you in that way. Will you do me a favor and stay right there, and I'll take your information? Or could you email me, please? Okay. What's the email? It's commonfan at gmail.com. Okay. Commonfan at gmail.com. All right. And I will do what I can to interface uh, you with Tony Valls' people, my friend. All right. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you. 865-200-5402. Let's get our next call in on the program. Always here. Always here to serve the community. Uh, it's uh, it's what we do. Uh, and proudly on this program. Let's go back to the phones and get our next call in. Hello and welcome. You're live on the program. Hi. What do you say, Tony? Hey, T. Tony, um, we need to flush 22. Um, I'm, I'll just restate this. COVID rosters, we have the most experienced team ever, full of graduate students, seniors. Uh, you know, the re- reality is we're never going to have a team as talented and experienced as the 22 team. It'll never happen. It'll, it will never happen in our lifetime. So it's done. It's over. I'll give Kadoos, uh, as a former would say, the Boston College coaches. They pushed all the right buttons. Yep. They were a little unconventional. They put two rovers in the gaps and put five infielders, and uh, didn't didn't once we got one out, they didn't walk the bases loaded or put a, put a man on and play for the double play. It uh, the stars aligned, and uh, you know they uh, they did a great job. And like I said, pushed all the right buttons. They were not mistake free. They made several errors. Uh, that first baseman's got a huge bat, a horrible glove, but uh, those guys mashed. And uh, you got to give tip your hat. Um, I'll say this. I'm not going to name names, but it's surprising when that ball fell in right center because you've got a senior center fielder, and I would argue um, that was on the right fielder. You have a graduate student right fielder. Just shockingly that that happened when uh, when you've got you know very seasoned outfielders that should have should have called that that ball. That uh, that's unfortunate. I will disagree with. Uh, Coach Vitello on one point, and I, I appreciate the fact that he never undermines his players, never shows them up. But, uh, again, I won't say names, but that, that pinch runner on third base, as soon as that ball left the infield, yep. all your momentum is going back to third base. So as soon as you see that it's not on the ground, you're immediately going back to third to tag. That didn't happen. Nope. Um, it was a mistake. It was a mistake. Unfortunately, it was a crucial mistake. It cost the ball game. That guy's a junior uh, but, too, right? That did that. A junior who's been on, who yeah. they used as a pinch runner for a yeah, bunch, like a backup first base, number was, one pinch runner. Yeah, and it's like crazy. Two years. He, yeah, he was a pin, first pinch runner all last year. Crazy. You know, ninety-nine times out of a hundred, he he makes the right decision there. Yep. Same thing. We have an experience guy at, uh, that didn't go in a safety squeeze probably 90 out of 100 times he makes that play crazy this night is a weird ball game yep. i'll say this uh tennessee was flat the fans were pretty flat until the ninth inning i think that's why uh coach vitello was a little exasperated they did not play with their normal grid as he would call it boston yep. college was chirpy loud 
into the game. That that yeah. happens. Uh, we're going to see Drowling at uh, DH. He told us we don't see Drowling in the field. His defense isn't ready yet, but we'll see him DHing. I think he'll platoon with Dickey. They'll move left field and DH. Both those bats need to be in the lineup. It's going to be fun to watch. Who's our center fielder? Who's playing center field? Tony, I, I, I'm I'm going to be. Um, I'm, I'm telling you, I have not. I am not giving up. Call me a sheep, but I'm not giving up on uh, on Scott or Booker yet. I would put Scott out there. He's had a limited amount of at bats. Uh, he's had some good at bats. He's hit, he's hit the ball hard right at people. I'd give him some more time uh, and see which one of those can step up. If not. We don't have a true center fielder, and I'll tell you, um, you know, if all our bats come alive, we can put Scott in the nine hole, play him in center field, and use his experience. I, I think he can bat 250, cut down in his strikeouts. He's the fastest player or one of the fastest on the team. I'll take that lineup because I'm telling you, when we put Drowling at DH, yep. and I think Miller, I think we should see Miller. I don't know why Miller hasn't had much of a chance at DH. That, that kid's crush the ball when he's had the opportunity. Yep. And then against a right-hander, I'd put in uh, tears or tears, however you pronounce it. As tears for fears, brother. Kavaris, tears for Riley fears. Miller and tears for fears, hey, Tony. Hey, Taylor, i got to run. I love your call, though. Great take. We'll discuss it later on. Drew Pember now joins, as promised. Guy's a reigning player of the year in Big South who's blowed up on the TLD Logistics Hotline. If you're an owner-operator, we've got a spot for you on our team Contact TLD Logistics online at tldlogistics.com. And uh, came here and played basketball, was here for a year, and moved on. And, Drew Pember, we were talking about you. We were talking about you during the season. There were a couple nights we were on here doing our Garza Law uh, Tennessee basketball overtime. And, man, you'd just be exploding, like, in the 30s. One night you got into the 40s. How much fun are you having, and and congratulations on getting uh, your team into the NCAA tournament. How much fun are you having right now over there? You know, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, who who wouldn't have fun, you know, being part of a winning program um, and kind of, uh, I guess, being the face of that. But I, a lot of the times I get in interviews like this and, you know, it's all about me, 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 me. I can't do it without my teammates, and I try to deflect all the attention off myself because I can't do it without the without the Tays and the Fletches that spread the floor for me. I just can't. I can't. I'm not able to get into the pain. I'm not able to, you know, do what I do without you know having those guys having my back. So, but to answer your question, it is, you know, it's a lot of fun. You know, your championship game the other night. My, my wife comes to me, and she's watching the game. She says, "Man, Drew's team got eliminated," and we were like, "I, I was like, man, that's crazy." Cause I was uh, I was somewhere playing music or whatever, and then we turned and then we assumed you guys got beat because it was like a double digit deficit in the last five minutes. And you just mentioned it. One of your teammates went totally off down the stretch. What was that experience like for you? You've gotten the shine all year to watch him do that in that moment. I mean, there's no there's no one more deserving than Tay. Um, you know, he's been he's. He was here when in the four win season. He he chose to stay here with Coach Morrell. Um, there's no there's nobody more deserving than Tay. And we all knew Tay was capable of that. There was a point in the game where we were like, All right, like I let we were like, Come on, Tay, like let's let's go now. Like that was the time to, you know, make a push. And, you know, when he when when he hits one, you know, it's just like throwing a penny in the ocean for him. Like he just you know, the it just the rim just expands so much and 
I think he's, you know, maybe top five in the country in three-point uh, percentage right now. Mm-hmm. And so having a guy like that that can get hot and just start scoring, I mean, it, it was, you know, it was incredible to watch. And my my view from it, I mean, he scored 13 straight. So we're all like, you know, I, I tipped the I tipped the rebound on the on the free throw. Nick grabs it, pitches it to Tay, and I took two people down with me. So we've got numbers on on the break, and Tay pitches it ahead to CB. He gets it back and he shoots it, and I crashed and it went in. And I'm running back on defense, like saying, like, "Oh my gosh, like I don't know what's going on right now." Like the whole entire gym just erupted. Um, but for him to hit, you know, that's probably the biggest shot of his career. Um, you know, to be down 14 like that with, you know, seven and a half to play. Yeah. I mean, you forgive my wife for turning it off. She thought, I can't watch it. It's going to be too painful because she was like living and dying, cheering for you to get to the NCAA tournament. She was like, you know, it ain't going to happen. And, I mean, and it sounds, it sounds to me like if he doesn't explode there, you guys are probably in a lot of trouble there, which even makes that story that much sweeter. He's an Oak Ridge kid, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He went to, uh, he went to Oak Ridge. We actually played him. I think it was my sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. And of course, I don't, I don't remember Tay, but I like I don't remember Tay. The only thing that I remember from that is I was sitting in the right corner, and T. Higgins jumps from the block to block my jump shot and sent it like seven seven rows into the uh, into the stand. <laughs> that's the only that's the only thing I remember from that game. So you you sit around and tell your friends when you're watching T. Higgins up there with Cincinnati, hey, trust me when I tell you, this guy's a pretty damn good athlete. No, he's – that was – I mean, that was the first time I had ever gotten blocked like that. And so, you know, I'll never forget anything like, like that. But, you know, back, back to Tay, I mean, like I said earlier, there's no one more deserving than him from the work that, you know, he put in during the summer for, you know, just everything that – that he gets all the awards, the recognition, all that stuff is there's no one more deserving than him. He went on his own double-digit run there down the stretch. I mean, um, we went back and looked at it on YouTube, and I'm looking at that game going, good gosh almighty, what must it have been like to be the opponent and have that happen to him? John Adams, jump in here. You're presented by Seniors Helping Seniors as we're on the TLD Logistics Hotline with the great Drew Pember. Drew, you've obviously become a star player there. Uh if you had stayed at Tennessee, is there any chance that you would have could have become the same player and performed at this level? I mean, who who knows that? I mean, only God knows that. I, I don't know. Um, I I feel like there are a lot of things that I took from Tennessee to Asheville that helped our program to help myself. But it was nice to get a fresh, you know, a fresh start to kind of, you know, form my own path and things of that nature so to answer your question i don't know um you know i i talk to those guys all the time Josiah, uro Stani. i talked to you know i talked to all those guys and that i mean they're playing phenomenal basketball right now um you know i keep up with them all the time and i you know i i don't know what it would be like i feel like the system here fits me a little bit better um just because we play five out and um, we we shoot. I know I know Tennessee shoots a ton of threes, but I think we shoot. I think we even shoot more threes than they do. But um, yeah, to answer you, I don't really know. Um, it would be nice, obviously, to know um, that I could have done what I'm doing here at Tennessee. But I mean, only God knows that. True. When when you made the decision to leave Tennessee, 
was your confidence at a low low ebb or how, how, how did you feel about that? And, and did you go somewhere else doubting your abilities or were you still convinced you could, you could become a really good player? Well, you know, it's, it's hard because when you don't play, you obviously lose confidence because you don't, you're like you're not getting, you know, reps and you're not performing at a level that you want to. And I have high expectations for myself. So when I left, I told Coach Morrell, when I got here, I was like, Coach, all I want to do is just play 20 minutes. Now, clearly I got, you know, a lot more than I bargained for. <laughs> but as you start to make make shots and you work on your game and you perfect your craft and you keep doing all of these things to stay at it, now the fruits of your labor are going to, to come to fruition. You're going you're gonna to see the results, so that makes you hungrier. That gives you more confidence. And then when your teammates love and respect you and have your back in situations where you might not be doing so well, now that gives you confidence. And then on top of that, if you add, you know, coaching staff or managers or strength coach, anyone that could even remotely give you any type of, you know, confidence, that all of those things go into my confidence in how I've been playing. Well, I think it's commendable that you were you made a move and. You turn things around. I think that's always a great story when somebody can can turn things around and become the player you wanted to be all along, but just didn't become that player right away. Yeah, it took. It took what a was the? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Brian. No, no, no. Sorry. I'll go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to ask you, uh, what was your freshman season at Tennessee like, and just how would you describe it in your experiences? Man, uh, slap in the face. Um, that's, you know, a big wake up call. Um, you know, coming out of high school, I didn't, I didn't really work out and do anything outside of practice. So when I got there, you know, Eve and Folky and, um, you know, Jalen Johnson, all those guys are getting extra shots up and getting extra lifts. And I'm like, you know, I'm a scrawny freshman, buck 80. Like, I'm like, what? Like, why are you guys doing this? I didn't understand what it took to work hard and play hard. So my first, the first summer I gained 20 pounds, but it's because I wasn't in practice. I was, I had nicks and bangs and my body wasn't used to that. And Mm. I didn't know how to fight through pain and all of these things. And so I couldn't, I couldn't even run a 17, which is 17 sidelines. So, you know, and I was dying. I was so tired. I was not used to physicality. I was out of shape. Um, and it took me, you know, a year, probably a year and a half to finally to get it to click. And then I started doing all these extra things, extra things. And then, you know, shots, shots start falling and you gain a little bit of self-confidence and things like that. But to answer your question, I mean, it was, it was a very big wake up call for me that I'm very happy that I had. Well, you know, what's, what's interesting too about, uh, playing for Rick Barnes is he's sort of an acquired taste, right? I mean, here you're a kid in high school and, you know, kind of starring on your level and going to go play Division One basketball and everything that you think that entails. And you think you play Div- play Division 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 One Division One One Bam 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 Basketball and everything 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 you think you think you think you think you think you think think that that entails 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 you think 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 you've you've made 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 it made it made it it and then, and then, and then, kind of, you walk in his door, and he's like, 
I, I know how he is. He's like, you know, you're nothing. I'm going to break you down, beat you down. I mean, it's just, you know, it's our taste. I mean, it's got to be hard, right? No, yeah, it definitely, it definitely is hard. But I wouldn't be the player that I am now if it wasn't for him. That's interesting. Because when, when he does get on you and he does tell you the things that you need to work on and what you're doing wrong, mm-hmm. you have to look at yourself and you have to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, okay, like, what am I doing wrong? And so now, because of the culture of all of those coaches, of Coach Barnes, of my of my teammate, of my old teammates, now when I came to Asheville, I had all that experience already. So when Coach Morrell or some of the assistant coaches say something to me, there's no, there's not going to be, uh, there's not a personal vendetta that I that that I feel when they're getting on me or my teammates get on me or you know things of that nature because. Coach Barnes did that for me my freshman year when I wasn't used to that at all. So, and a lot of people don't understand that what I what how I'm doing now is you know a product of what I went through at Tennessee. It's interesting. Yeah, you know, some people might not say, "Oh, he didn't play, he didn't do this, he didn't do that." But I would not even be close to the player that I am today if I didn't go through the, those two years at Tennessee. Because. You wouldn't have acquired like the tools, right? The work ethic, the whole the yeah, concept oh, of I'm not, I haven't arrived. I've got to work for this, and I bet you've kind of carried some of your teammates along with that, right? This yeah, is how I we have. do this. Uh, we, yeah, we. Uh, so when we got here um, to Asheville, we started a bre- we started a breakfast club, like just eight a.m. shots every day during the summer. We get up, we shoot every day, um, and there's you know four or five guys to do that, and now we've got you know and. It helps, too, when you bring in guys like Caleb and Nick that have experience, that have, um, you know, Caleb's won a bunch yeah. of 21 seasons. Nick's been to the NCAA tournament. That also have that work ethic, that understanding of what it takes to win. So you add those guys into the mix with, you know, me and Tay, who's been here, and Trent, Doc, all those guys that have started to get the program on on its way and it was already the, the base was already laid before i got here the tays the lj's the cody luke lawson um the guys that were already here before me yep. already laid the foundation so i just got to add on to it when i got here because it was already good but now having all these guys that you know love basketball um they just want to keep working on the game they want to you can feel the want and the need to win mm. that now you know it's it's a it's a it's a great feeling having you know guys that play next to you that are like that. Great conversation, Drew Pember today, bringing it scientifically. Matt Dixon, jump in. Yeah, I just got one. You mentioned you kind of keep up with with some former teammates in Tennessee. When you were at Tennessee, and I, I asked this because of BJ Edwards, and there's a lot been a lot of talk from fans about what well, you know getting him on the floor. Did you ever feel personally like? maybe some added pressure on yourself because you were a local kid that maybe nobody no, that other players don't have or how, how did you just kind of accept that that, that you're a, lo- a local player playing for for the big time program what was that like how did, how did you approach that uh to, there there was a little bit of added pressure obviously like you got i mean you got my high school coaches were coming to games friends mm-hmm. family you know my so 
to answer your question, yes, there was added pressure just based off of the expectation that I had for myself. So it's not, and I know BJ is a phenomenal player. Like don't, like don't, and I know he's not getting the time that he probably wants right now. But if he sticks with it and he sticks in the program, he's going to be great. I, I saw a quote. Um, I think it, I can't remember what game it was, and Coach Barnes asked BJ if he was ready to go in. He said, "Like I guard Z every day." So guarding somebody like Z, I mean, how are you not going to get better? Like I, I had to guard Eve every Eve's every day, uh, Folky. Um, you know, I had to guard all those guys every day. Oh, Urosh. So, you know, you just gotta take, you just gotta, just take it, take it step by step. Don't, don't worry about the future. Just play, you know, play now. Be in the present, and you know, stay motivated, stay confident. And I'm, you know, I'm sure he'll be, I'm sure he'll be fine. He's a phenomenal player, but so, so, there so, is always yeah. pressure. Well, you know, people when they hear their, your story, are gonna, when you guys play, in this big tournament. Which is really incredible. It's going to be so fun for you to get and play in the NCAA tournament. But they're going to be looking for you. And you don't look like the kid that played here. I mean, you look like, uh, you look like a cross between somebody that I should be playing music with. Uh, like a great bluegrass picker right now is what you look like. Or Mark Eaton, who used to play, um, used to play with the Utah Jazz back in the day. Or like a roadie for the Grateful Dead. I mean, you really have like the, um, you have the ethos, like you, you've you've got the Asheville ethos right now. Tell me yeah. about your look, and if you're did your friend, do your your family, do they tease you? Your friends tease you, and uh, and and how did you how did you arrive at this? So it's fun. Uh, some of my teammates call me Kelly Olenek. Um, but <laughs> so I went home. I went home for for two weddings, and I get back, and it's all family friends. Like they, you think that like. They they know who I am, and they're all like, "Man, like you just went full Asheville, like you went full." Um, you know, I got the beard. You know, my my girlfriend and my sister are both like, "You got to cut your hair, like it's getting too long, like you need to cut it." Um, you know, I they're like, they're upset that I can't do a ponytail or a bun the right way. Um, but I, I'm, I just kind of just let it go. Um. I'm probably never going to cut my beard again. I look like a 13-year-old kid when I do. Um yeah, I mean there's not there's not a lot there's not a lot to it. Uh, I just kind of let it go and then it just kind of stuck and I like the way it looks, so I just I just kept it going. I promise you this, Drew. When you guys are playing, you're going to do a huge huge number here. That game is going to do a huge Huge number here. There are a lot of people that are going to walk out on that court with you, which I think is very cool, man. That's we're we're pulling for you, brother. Thank you, thank you. I know. I always see stuff about um, VFL and all that stuff, and that uh, it's always it's always nice knowing that that you know my hometown has my back in situations like that. It's pretty. It's it's a really cool. It's a really cool feeling. Well, Drew, best of luck to you. Anything else you'd care to add here on the way out? And whatever you do, don't listen to your girlfriend. Don't listen to your sister. Do not cut your hair. I think you look incredible, personally. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. And you have a good one. Have a good one, brother. Good luck in the tournament. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right. Thank you. The guy's like a full-blown star at that level. He's player of the year.
He was defensive player of the year last year. He got over 40 a couple times this year. He got in the 30 several times. This guy's a heck of a player now, and he shoots the ball from distance, like you said, John. He, the guy can shoot the, shoot the basketball. And I didn't want to ask him this, so I want to put him on the spot. But there are rumors out there. This, that would not have been the time nor the place, and I didn't want to do that in, that in this piece. But there are rumors out there that he's got high major interest. One of the schools is Michigan that's interested in him to play his fifth season. And it would be cool if he went back into the – you know, the level up and had and had success. That would be a great I mean it's already a great story, John. No matter what it's happens. Tre- yeah, it's a tremendous story. And do you think there's any chance he would come back to Tennessee? Boy, I'm glad I didn't ask him. I don't know. Well Michigan, that's yeah. a pretty good program too. Absolutely. Tony, do you think if he I mean I asked him this question, he said I just don't know. What if he'd have stayed at Tennessee? I mean the player we see now Drew Pember, what would uh how would he fit in at Tennessee? Uh, he wouldn't be as freewheeling because this, this deal, I mean, no offense, this deal is just a lot more oppressive than the style of basketball they're playing. I'm not, I'm calling it what it is, okay? To, to, to play here, you have to have a high tolerance level, which it sounds like he's got a pretty decent tolerance level, but it's all about that defense and, you know, I mean, hell, if I'm going to go play basketball, I'm going to go play somewhere where it's, semi-fun and matt when i watch him play over there at Asheville, it looks like they're having fun man and you can tell by his attitude he's having fun yeah it's very very kind of free-flowing and he's able to, to he's i mean he's doing a lot that fits his skill set so yeah. he, you know he plays on the perimeter he basically is kind of like a wing he's just you know he doesn't you know and, and at tennessee i don't know i i mean barnes just values those the big guys in the paint so much that yep. i don't i don't know what his role could have been but i mean it, it would be nice to have him he's just an incredible player at that level and you know they shoot the i think they're like top 10 nationally in three point percentage and defensively they guard the three well not sure how much of that is just their league but that gives them a chance and and you know these games they're they're one of these you know double digit seeds that could that can make some noise, and it would probably be a large part because of Drew Pember. He'd have to have an, another kind of 30-point game, but with the right matchup, they could easily win a game or two. Bombs away. You know, it sounds like they're pretty uh, – they've got two players in the area that's starring for them. Can shoot from it. the area. That's right, and both of them can shoot and, the ball from distance. Yeah, the other one's not quite as well-known because he right. didn't start out at Tennessee and everybody didn't see him, but right. – that's, uh, that's that's something that needs to be pointed out. I'm telling you, Laura, some comes to me Sunday. She goes, man, or was it Saturday? It was Sunday, Saturday. Whatever it was, she says, uh, man, that's a real bummer. They got beat. It was it was Sunday. And then she flipped on her phone and said, yeah, here's the final. And she goes, they won. John, you ever done <laughs> that? You turn a game off and you're like, and then you go back later and you go, that team actually won the game. I'm telling you, Laura, some comes to me Sunday. That's John right there. You, do you ever does that ever happen to you, John? Where you um, you flip something off and you go back later and you're like, how in the world did that team win? Yeah, it's happened. I mean, you watch as many games as I do; it's yeah. going to happen. But you pretty much you get a sense. It's not just what the score is. You see how the game is going, yeah. and this, this is just going to keep getting uglier. There's there's no hope of a comeback here. Um, Tony, we, you said the rumor about him in Michigan. I tell you what, the the way his game is described, yeah, he would be a great fit at Missouri. No question. 
And that that's, offense, that's it, exactly right. Plus, plus it, there, and that, and that, and and the Gates guy, they wave at you on defense. That'd be really fun to play for him, because at Missouri, <laughs> they just they run up and down the floor, and they're like, we'll see them probably tomorrow. Um, Missouri's brand of defense, Matt, is they wave at you. And if they can get the ball from you, they get the ball from you. But if not, you're going to get a great great shot and a great look at the basket. And I guarantee you, Rick Barnes watches Missouri play basketball, and he has like a mini-anxiety attack when he's looking at their film because that is completely antithetical to the way Tennessee approaches things. I bet it galled him, galled him to lose to that Gates guy the way they uh, approach the game. We come back. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. We've touched on just about everything today. We we had Tony Vitello on with us. We previewed the basketball game. I've only got two hours in me, no extra time because we're going to do Garza Law Tennessee basketball overtime as the Vols in action uh, later on. And when that game ends, we are live with you at T Club Team again. When the Vols go um, final, we're up with you on T Club Team as we continue with more. After this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. 
For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I'm a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring, followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 bikes, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. Join us on April 21st at 7.30 a.m. for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is going to be an annual event. It'll be hosted by the Tohee Golf Course on April 21st, starting at 7.30 to noon. Proceeds from this tournament will go towards the academic and athletic opportunities for our students at Columbia Central. Please contact Ms. Christy Smith at Columbia Central High School or Dr. Mike Steele, the principal at Columbia Central High School. Hope to see you out there to celebrate this amazing individual for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you. I love my friends. They're unbelievable people at OFO. I was talking to the great Jim Burns today. And, uh, man, they are thrilled with their move. And I'm thrilled with their move. John Adams presented by Seniors Helping Seniors, who I love and have served all these years. They're terrific. Um, John, are you fired up, focused, and prepared right now? Because we've got these overlapping seasons. Spring practice is getting ready to get underway. Matt, when does uh, spring ball get underway, if ever? It's very soon, isn't it? Uh, I'm not sure of the actual date, to be honest with you. I've I, not I, even thought it's, about uh, it. It's uh, March 20th. All right, so what's today's yeah, date? Yeah, and I think the spring game is like April 14th. What's today's date? Because i got a goal for you guys. Position statement March, and a goal. Uh, it's March the 9th. 9th. First day of the tournament is March the 16th. It's March the 16th. Will, and we'll go around the room here, will the Tennessee basketball team be alive on March the 20th? First day of spring practice. Can we have three seasons overlapping? Count them. Three, three, three seasons in one. And four out of five, Dennis, oh, recommend man. Trident. 
Trident sugarless gum. They still have Trident, uh, John's that's still out there, Trident sugarless gum? I don't chew gum. I used to chew, I used to chew dentine back in the day. Probably helped make you who you are. Interesting. A lot of chemicals. Brian Hartman, I'm going to start with you. You said, oh, man, to that question, Brian. Will the volunteers um, be alive? Can, can Rick Barnes provide us with three, three, three overlapping seasons? Nico Mania, Tony uh, Volitalia, Volville, Volitalia, and finally, the Barnes quieting the Barnstormers. Or, or when the Vols have that first practice, will the Barnstormers be out in full force just ripping Rick Barnes in every medium? Brian, where are you? I got to go with no. There won't be three overlapping seasons. So they will not be getting to this because that's all you got to do is get to the Sweet 16 to make it happen. Right, yeah. Matt Dixon, uh, are no. you are you buying or selling three overlapping seasons? Uh, I'm I'm going to sell it, but it will come down to just one game there on the night on the 19th yep. the day before. They'll be in a second round game. I talked to Y last night. By the way, you know when when we get a bracket yeah. and we can see who we play, yep. we'll answer that question again. Stats by Will, who I need to get on that Sunday night telecast along with Mari Hanks. Uh, we're also going to have Nashville Lee on breaking it down scientifically. You gents will be on with us. We're going to have a full cornucopia, folks. But as soon as Tennessee's name is announced, we're taking the T Club team. We're jumping on the air with you, and we're going to break it down. So, John, I'm going to work on Sunday night, which is very healthy. You agree, John? Seven days this week. Well, I've always worked a lot, Tony, but I think you need to know when you need to take a break. That's right. You you got to have some self awareness there. You. That's right. Okay. Well, my son's golf season's coming up, so I'm going to take some days, you know. Well, that's good. Yeah, they're over at, he's playing St. Andrews today. Wow. Rough life for him. He sent us a photo when he first got out there, and now I know why. Because Chris Burke, I was telling him, he said, man, me and my brother slept out on their grounds just to, just to win the lottery. He said, and it was worth it. I slept outside to play St. Andrews. Chris Burke. Yeah. yeah, and he said, Tony, it was worth it. He said, as a golf as a golf lover, it was absolutely worth it doing that. John St. Andrews, where's yeah. the British Open this year? I don't know. Um, back to your question, yeah. I think Tennessee could get to the Sweet Sixteen. Certainly, we'll know better when we see the seeding. I mean, can can it just keep happening where the underachieves? I mean, can't there? Doesn't the law of averages factor in at some point, and, and Tennessee wins that second game? Not for Rick Barnes and not for Tennessee basketball. That's why Matt says he's a perfect coach for us. We'll have to see the draw, though. I mean, we'll know. We'll be able to tell you for sure when we see the draw. Only here can Jim Beheim Beheim retire, and it bring pain to old-school Tennessee basketball fans who think of the fact that he eliminated the Ernie and Bernie show from the tournament. 47 years later, he's still coaching. I know, and, and what's just as impressive he, is he ran a really, he didn't just win, he did it the right way. He ran a really clean program. <laughs> oh, uh, Tom, what? You'll love this. I just saw Prom's latest projection. Yes. 
and he's got Tennessee as a four seed against Yale in the first round, and the winner gets Duke, Virginia Commonwealth in round two. In Greensboro? Yes, in Greensboro. A home game for Duke. It's neat. Play your whole season. and five seed. They're getting Brian doesn't care about Syracuse, John. Oh, obviously. I mean, I felt like I'd suddenly got got caught in Brian's wind tunnel. Dave Despain, (laughs) and it's called the wind tunnel vision. Dave Despain had the wind tunnel and uh, where they would take the NASCAR cars in there and test them in the wind tunnel. I remember when NASCAR was a thing and they would talk about the wind tunnel. Uh-huh. You remember when NASCAR was a thing, John? Yeah, I do. I, I used to cover like three NASCAR yep. races a year. Those were the longest days of my life. That and the one time where I went to Epcot Center in Disney World. How how many NASCAR drivers do you think you and I could sit there and name if we had to sit in a room and name them? Well, I used to be able to name all, all of them, but now? Yep. Is Jimmy Johnson still racing? I want to. I want to really congratulate them for making their sport invisible. That their westward expansion and putting our track in Chicago and taking all the tracks out of their all, yeah. their, all their Wrigley but fields it, that really worked out well for them. It seemed like such a good idea, though. How do you resist the urge to do that? Yep. To go to these major cities, where in fact, when we look back now, NASCAR events were held in places. Where nobody else would go. That's for right. Another reason. That's I right. Mean, Wilkesboro. Wilkesboro. Who, who would ever go to Wilkesboro? Right. They or lost. Martinsville? They lost. Lost their charm. And when you lose hey, your let's charm, go to, hey. let's go to Talladega this weekend. Who would go to Talladega if they didn't have a race there? You know, college football in a lot of ways has done this. They've stepped all over themselves to grab money, and they've lost their charm a little bit. But the but difference they're too, is they're too big to fail. That's right. The difference is we're a football culture. We're a football culture. That's the difference. And racing was a racing is a cultural thing, but they pulled racing away from the culture. And those people said, "Screw you! You, you it, go race in Chicago. I'm not watching that crap. Go race in Kansas City. I ain't watching that nonsense. Go go ra- go race down there at the, in in uh, Dallas and." Las Vegas, and, you know, go, go do all those things. I ain't watching that crap. That, Tony, fans felt, a lot of fans felt betrayed. As they should have. Like, you deserted us. You- yeah. As they should have. We'll go back to our phones. John's presented by Seniors Helping Seniors. We got about uh, 10 to play, if you want to jump in. Seniors Helping Seniors in-home senior care services. We're going to match you if you're a senior or you have a senior in your life. We're going to match a senior with a senior who need help throughout the greater Knoxville area. And, and this comes in the form of a unique relationship built between two people. Two people who have lived, who understand the ups and downs of life. Two people who will meet each other on the same level. One of whom will help with the daily tasks around the home, such as maybe a little cleaning, a little laundry, a little meal preparation, a little grocery shopping, maybe a little basic yard work, maybe just sitting company maybe taking somebody on errands and if that sounds like something inviting to you and you're a senior check out their website at seniorshelpingseniors.com and how you can get involved in that it's a great way to sort of augment your income uh, put a few dollars in your pocket while helping somebody else and if you've got a senior in your life and that sounds like a something worthwhile for them 
which I think would be worthwhile for a lot of people. That's a wonderful thing. So let's go back to the phones. On a day where there will not be a TLD logistics overdrive overtime, uh, because i got to save myself here for later tonight and save our team. Hello and welcome into our next call. Everybody's right, huh? Hey, Philly. How are you, John, Matt, and Brian doing? Great day to be alive, Phil. Great, Phil. Well, I enjoyed your uh, interview with uh, Drew Pember. Yes, sir. I'm not surprised he's done what he's done because I saw him play an AU uh, game. He played on the Bobby Mays Elite. He played with uh, Jaden Springer, and he was the second leading school when they played Keon. And uh, you could tell the kid has offensive skills. Uh, he just had to get stronger. And um, evidently he's uh, he's gone somewhere where he can use his offensive game. Well, one thing about Bino, who will be in here tomorrow, Bino never speaks in hyperbole. He came back and compared him to Larry Bird when he was down there that day with you guys. He said, we're getting the well, next Larry Bird. I mean, John, that's not hyperbole, is it? Not a lot of pressure on a local kid. Larry Bird. It's a little bit. Hey, Bino. Hey, Bino, stick the bad takes on the radio. Leave the scouting to Maury Hanks. I believe Bino didn't compare him to Larry Bird, but he compared him to a few other uh, Y guys that have flourished in the SEC over the past 20 years. Oh, you mean you think I overstated it? Well, it's, it's possible, Tony. You know how Bino is, though. Uh, Interesting. I was there with Bino. We watched that thing together. It was uh, uh, very revealing. I thought he was going to be a good, solid player at Tennessee. You know, maybe John asked, him, John asked him a question, which is a great question. If you'd have hung in there and you'd have stayed, you know, would you? And he says, surely I wouldn't have blown up like this, but. I mean, surely in that kid's mind, he knows he could have played here. He's proven it to people. He could have played here. Yeah. And well, you know what, Phil? Will he get another shot? Will he get another shot in, uh, you know, because now with the NIL deal, probably somebody recruits him and pays him a little something to come to their school, which would be great. And by the way, I think that kid with the skill set, we were talking off the air, I think that kid's a really good European basketball player, the way he can shoot the ball for his size. Yeah, and he probably can make a living in Europe once his college career is over. No doubt about it. It was interesting his uh, comments on B.J. Edwards. Also, of course, they both played for the same uh, AAU uh, program. Yep. And, uh, Tony, today's a dangerous game. Uh, Ole Miss, historically, has uh, been a thorn Tennessee uh, side in the SEC tournament. Brian, what's the number with Ole Miss? And the, and they, uh, Tennessee is 2-6 and six since the tournament resumed in 1979, but four of those losses came between 1980 and 1990. And they've split the four meetings since '91. John, you believe that they're two and six to Ole Miss basketball? How bad have we been in that in that SEC tournament? Bring back, bring back Sean Tui. Those, uh, <laughs> geez, I, I wouldn't realize that. And Ole Miss did play Tennessee pretty tough early in the year. I, I mean, I think it's going to be an extraordinarily ugly game. <laughs> you know, the last three games against Ole Miss have been close. I mean, they they got beat down there. I think they're in the pandemic season, and yep. then last year in overtime, I think it took overtime. Hey, Brian, what's the number? Then, what's the number right now in the betting markets, Brian? Uh, Tennessee's favorite, I think, by twelve. Philly, I'm, I would play. I would play Ole Miss plus yeah. the points in that game. Yeah, I take Ole Miss. There's no doubt about it. Yep. Uh, I, I doubt. To, I think Tennessee be lucky to win today. I think Tennessee's finished for the year. I don't think Tennessee is going to win another game. The rest That's of the year. Uh, very positive of you. 
Well, well you you don't really them. you don't Philly you don't really think Tennessee would lose a first round in yeah tournament it's impossible game. Phil come on you've seen those well, mid majors uh, didn't uh, Rick Barnes lose to Oregon State in the first round yeah but that's not a mid major they're gonna they're gonna draw a mid major team as a three seed now if they were a four seed Phil I'd go there with you if they if they well, can beat today and fall to a four line you could be right. They're on the four well, line right now. Critical, critical no, they're on Jerry they Palm's four today. line. Jerry Palm's a clown. Say again, Phil. Well, I'm sorry. What what uh, seed they got predict Tennessee in now? Four seed? No, that's Jerry Palm. They're a three seed. They're three to four wow. is usually the number we're at. And if they play a three, if they get on the four line, be, uh, uh, Phil, you got a chance. You got your yeah. prediction has a chance. If we lose today, I'm already looking ahead to football season. See you. Well, Phil, I'm going to put Phil down as a no that we're not going to have three overlapping seasons, John. Would you? No base, no baseball. <laughs> would Phil, you, you have I, any baseball recruiting information? Would you put him down for no? He doesn't think there's going to be three overlapping seasons, John. No, I, I think that was very a very strong no. It almost counts as two no's. Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome in. Hey, gentlemen, it's Lloyd. Hey, Lloydy. Um, I would probably. Um, I'd probably bet Tennessee today just for the simple fact that in the last eight games against the spread, the balls are two and six. Um, so I what? think the laws of averages. They were a cover machine for forever in a day. And the other thing they had going for them before this season was they had never lost when Barnes was a double digit. Uh, I think at one time in like 80 games when he was a double digit favorite, and they lose regularly as a double digit favorite this year. It's a really weird basketball team, Lloyd, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't make sense on paper. You can look at it, and back when um, Tim Palm was doing all that, saying they were the greatest defensive team you know, of all time, yep. statistically, the eye test wasn't there. No, 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 no. They, they, one thing about them is they figured out how to manipulate those uh, metrics. Yeah, this tell you what, this school is really, really good at, at getting ranked in the top five. I mean, we have mastered that. Now, you know, can we translate it to championships? That, that's where the rubber meets the road. John, that's a great point. We had some loud regular seasons around here. That baseball team last year was the loudest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, but, but we've talked about this a lot. I mean, that's a really compelling stat when you say the number one seed in the NCAA tournament has not won the College World Series since 1999. How about the football team climbing the one in the first ranking last year? How insane was that? that so was loud. And they're the, they're the uh, only the second team to be ranked number one initially that didn't make the playoff eventually. Yeah, and they couldn't wait. It was them and Mississippi State, right? And the Vols couldn't wait yeah. to give it back Mississippi against, State Mississippi, was the first, that, was the against first South Carolina. But they really weren't – that that was really too soon. I mean, we have to be honest here. No, they weren't a number one team because no. Georgia, Georgia was looming. Yes. Everybody knew how that would play out. Yes. Play out. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, and then obviously with football, we won't rehash it, but my gosh, to get that roster to 8-0 and number one, I mean, that's, that's about the most fun uh, time I've had as a Tennessee yep. fan. You know, you almost thought, are those days over? And, you know, I bring those, I talk about that, you know, the Pearl, early um, Bruce Pearl era. Yep. And really Barnes has, has brought a lot of enjoyment. I mean, it's crazy when you think about it. In the Kentucky series, now he's 10 and 9. You know, he was 10 and 7. He gave a couple back. But if you look at Bruce Pearl was 4 and 9 against Kentucky. Yep. 
Uh, Tonzo was like one and four or one and five. Buzz was one and six. And I think Wade Houston beat him um, in that uh, home game before the SEC tournament. Miracle. And I don't think O'Neill ever beat Kentucky. So it's just unreal the way that, that Bonds has been able to to have their number and oh. also do well against Vanderbilt in Florida. RSR Racing. Good, Brian. Bruce got to play uh, got to play Billy Clyde Gillespie's teams for two years and still had a four nine record Isn't against that incredible? them. Incredible. And he got swept by that NIT Gillespie team. Both games were blowouts. He nearly lost all four of his meetings with Gillespie. Good gosh. Whatever. Oh whatever, whatever happened to Billy Gillespie have... coaching in Texas? Carlton uh, State. Good for him. They didn't have Patrick Patterson, Brian, in that home game in 08 when Tennessee barely won. Parliament yeah, and I State thought they were going to lose that one. It's a cigarette. Is that a yeah. cigarette, John? Yeah, Tarleton? I mean, so, you know, um, I almost think looking at, at the game like today. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. So you had an accident. Now what? Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop. You can count on us to repair all makes and models. Our certified techs will take care of everything from frame damage inspection to bump out or replacement with OEM parts. We've got the expertise to make your vehicle better than new and get you back on the road in no time. Plus, our collision work is guaranteed for the life of your car. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop to the rescue. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? Experienced goldsmiths? Or true custom designers? Experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tillis Jewelry. We're this and so much more. Check us out at TillisJewelry.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tillis Jewelry, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chandala yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in southern middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. 
Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom of Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Join us Saturday, March the 18th for Columbia's Breakfast Rotary's fourth annual Shoot for Our Stars Sporting Clays Tournament. This tournament is a community benefit fundraiser for our fantastic local youth and veterans organizations. If you'd like to participate in this great event, contact me, Rhonda King, at 931-398-5511 or contact us online at www.facebook.com slash shootforourstars. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. This is Dr. Mike Steele. Tune in to American Steel, a weekly discussion of topics and events related to the challenges in our world. Listen as we examine the path to relevance and truth in our society and culture. You can catch the show on 101.7 WKOM at 7 p.m. on Sundays. Also, we can be found online at WKOM Radio or on Twitter at WKOM WKRM. See you on Sunday. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Are you betting on the SEC tournament in Nashville? Today at Action 24-7, use code MARCH to get a 300% deposit match up to $20 on your first deposit. Action 24-7 is Tennessee's only locally owned and operated sportsbook. Download the app or visit action247.com to start winning. Please bet responsible. This responsible gaming message is brought to you by the Tennessee Lottery. When you play the lottery, it's important to play responsibly. Know your limit and spend only what you can afford. Set a budget and stick to it. And remember, as long as you're having fun, you're always a winner in our book. The Tennessee Lottery is a proud supporter of National Problem Gambling Awareness Month. To learn more about problem gambling resources, visit tnlottery.com. Ah, fun is in full bloom, Tennessee, and the multiplier instant games are buzzing in. These colorful tickets offer chances to multiply your wins 10, 20, 50, and even 100 times. It's a beautiful day for bigger and bigger prizes, and they're ripe for the picking right now. 
Find the Multiplier Instant Games today at your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is T. Welly, and I have somebody special on the phone right now, Mr. Miles Johnson from Foodland. Miles, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's always a good time to come shopping at Foodland, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what uh, what specials you got for us this week right now? All righty. Well, this week we have T-Bone Steaks, three ninety nine a pound, three-pound bag yellow onions, two for three. Uh, we also have Sun Drop. 12 packs, two for nine, and Hormel Black Label Bacon, $4.99 each. Wow, what a, what a price on the T-Bones. Eh? $3.99 a pound, you said? Mm-hmm. Wow, that is amazing. So, thank you as always. And again, you're open seven days a week, uh, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. right there on West 7th, just right by the post office. So everybody needs to come in and check out those great deals. If you can't remember what we just told you, just pick up a flyer at the door. So, uh, Miles, thank you, and thank the great staff there. And, uh, and we'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty, thank you. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.